I'd like to introduce our guest moderator, entertainment journalist Shannon Cook, and from Ghost the Musical, Casey Levy, Richard Fleischman, and Davine Joy Randolph. Let's give it up, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> All right, so we're talking Ghost the Musical. As most people know, the musical was adapted from the very popular film Ghost. My first question, I'd like each of you to answer it. Do you believe in ghosts? I'm not really sure if I believe in them. I, I believe there are forces at work, but I, I've never seen one. and I've never really had my own experience with ghosts. No, I, I don't actually. I've been asked this quite a few times, as you can imagine, because of this job. Um, but no, I mean, I don't think that's, uh, that's any kind of judgment on what we have to do every night. When we're on the stage, you know, obviously we invest totally and it's so magical and stuff, but no, personally, I, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't either. <laughs> no, I believe that there's like, you know, spiritual stuff That's that be. That's such a get out of jail free card, that is. <laughs> oh, I believe in something, just not ghosts. I no, but I, I've never seen one. I think I would have to have seen it to believe it. You know what I mean? And even Fair then, we've, we all drink far too much to judge what our eyes are. Divine, a year ago, you graduated from <coughs> Yale School of Drama. Mm -hmm. And today you're sitting before us as a Tony-nominated Broadway act actress, which is incredible. Thank you. How many times a day are you pinching yourself? None at all. It doesn't, it hasn't even registered or hit at all. You know, and I, in a way, I'm obviously very, very thankful. But to be honest, my biggest focus is the show, you know, and that day is gonna happen and whatever is gonna happen on June 10th is gonna happen, but my focus is totally the show and being there and, and present, because I think that's the biggest place where you can go wrong and just trust that you got nominated for a reason, so stick to that, as opposed to trying to like make this Tony-nominated worthy, ugh, no. Just be present and, and be there. So I don't actually really think about it at all, and I just focus on the show, yeah. Richard, you play Sam Wheat. Yeah. Uh, of course, Patrick Swayze played this role in the film. And people would say that that was his defining role. Was it intimidating to step into his shoes, in a sense? Yeah, I mean, um, I think initially uh, we obviously had that battle, both me and Casey, who, who were taking on these iconic roles. Um, because people hold this uh, film incredibly dear to them and also these performances very dear to them. And uh, very early on, it was made clear to us by the creative team led by Matthew Watt, just the director, that um, we weren't doing Ghost the Film on stage, or we weren't doing Ghost 2. You know, we were doing its own entity. And yes, it is the same story, and it's incredibly true to the film. Uh, but that's much more to do with the fact that we had the same writer, Bruce Rubin, who wrote the film. He wrote the, uh, the play. So um, it's, it's very faithful, but we do have elements of uh, brand new things, and we have new scenes and new dialogue. And so. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no getting around it. It's terrifying when you... Uh, no more terrifying than playing any lead on Broadway, but certainly there was that element to it. But now we just, you know, we look at it like a, it's a positive thing that we got this amazing opportunity to, to recreate this amazing love story. Well, let's talk about the music, because that is a very new part of, of this rewrite. Um, and the, the score was done by Dave Stewart, known as uh, one half of the Eurythmics, and Luke... You pronounce his name better than I do. Glenn Ballard. Thank you, yes. Glenn Ballard. I said Luke. Um, Luke Glenn, it's all the same, really. Uh, who's known for writing for Alanis Morissette and uh, Michael Jackson. He wrote Man in the Mirror. He did. Which I still can't believe. I've met him, and he wrote Man in the Mirror. 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> and he wrote stuff for you. Casey, how did the music resonate with you when you, you were first introduced to it? Actually, um, the, the song I sing in the first act called With You is the first song I heard from the show. Mm -hmm. And that song alone made me want to do the job because it's just a perfect pop, rock, musical theater hybrid song. And once I heard the rest of the score, I mean, it's what we talk about all the time. But it's just, it treads so perfectly in those genres. And it's some badass music with amazing rock legends that have written it. So we feel very lucky every day, yeah. Let's talk about heat because there's a little bit of heat in this musical. You guys get very intimate. Um, what is that like? I know you get asked this a lot, but what is it like to make out in front of a live audience? It's funny, I mean, in all of the things I, at the beginning of a show when we're at places, uh, of all the things that I look, that I have to achieve in the next two hours and the, the challenges, um, ironically, that's not one of them. No, no but, what I, but seriously, um, it's, it's, it's so just second nature now. And me and Casey are so good friends. And obviously, we've done it for so long. Um, it's just it's, it's part and parcel of the job. And it's a really important part of the job. You know, it's, it's very important that these two people look in love. And um, it's great that we do have such a good relationship off stage. But it's not something we, we fret about doing now. Casey, do you want to comment? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, we do get asked about it all the time, and it's just because we're so comfortable with each other, and, and we've been doing the show for a year now, first in London and now here in New York. And um, as Richard said, it's, it's such a vital element to the story. A, because people remember that pottery scene from the film, and they're expecting a little of that when they come to see the show um, on Broadway. But also because it sets up, we have only 10 minutes to set up this love story before Richard's character dies. And the audience needs to know that we are in love in every sense of the word, and it's, it's a big part of their relationship. It was pretty obvious that they were in love. I saw the show on Friday night. It's, it's kind of raunchy. It's nice. <laughs> Liked it. Good way to spend Friday night. <laughs> Divine, um, this is a really heavy story. It's, it's such a tearjerker, and your character, you play Oda Mae Brown, um, <coughs> brings some comic relief do you feel a sense of responsibility, in a sense, to, to lighten the mood a little bit? Oh, no, I actually never thought of it that way. Um, see, to me, she's not funny. To me, she's actually dead-ass serious. So, you know, so for me, it's like the stakes are that high for her. It's not, you know, this guy comes into her life unexpectedly and she's trying to get him out. Uh, by any means necessary. So uh, for me, I feel like, you know, I, no, I, I never thought of it that way as the responsibility of that. Uh, it's, it's definitely, you can feel the, the lift, the, the energy lift, uh, because it is, you know, it's heavy. And then to, to come out and do it, is, it's lots of fun to do. It's really lots of fun and you don't really know what exactly you're gonna get each night, which is really exciting. And, and fun and I always get really excited especially when, when we have our stuff together of like you know oh well what is it where how is it going to play out today you know what I mean or like in, in particular in act two it's just raunchish we just go every night and that's tons and tons and tons of fun um, but yeah it's true we've had, like the amount of ad-lib stuff we have it's now crazy. which I like looking back, I don't know what was script and what was not anymore. Yeah. It's just, but it changes every night. And every that is night, good fun. yeah, it's does. Especially work. for my character, who spends so much time in loads of distress. It's lovely to have the outlet of Oda May to have some fun with. Yeah. 
Well, it's, it's Casey's character. Casey plays Molly. Um, it, it's your character that breaks everybody's heart because we're all feeling this heaviness because you've experienced this great loss. You must get a sense from the audience that um, they're in emotional distress at times throughout the show. Do you feel that? Do you notice it? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and that's why it's always refreshing when Davine comes out <laughs> because I think, oh, God, we can sort of, like, breathe for a minute. But, yeah, you feel it from the crowd for sure. And, and we, especially here in New York, the crowds are so vocal, which is wonderful. So when they're laughing, they're laughing. And when they're crying, we hear them cry. Um, and they're, they're crying along with us. And uh, it, it's pretty dark, but... Um, I think that's what's so great about Ghost is that it resonates with so many people because everyone can relate to losing someone that they love. So, you know, you come and you laugh and you cry and you feel better in the end of it. Um, some great tricks, great illusions, and um, a lot of technical effects throughout this musical which make it really modern. Richard, you actually walk through a door at some point. Uh, I'm not going to ask you how you do it because I know you probably won't tell me, but are those... I mean, you have so much to focus on up there, your lines, the songs. Does thinking about the, the special effects add another element of stress or focus? Do you know what? It's all credit to not only how it was put together, but also the stage management team we have. Um, that touch wood, there's, there's so few things that ever go wrong. And um, I mean, my responsibility really lies in as much as just hit the right mark and, and do the same thing I would usually do. And um, that's not too much to ask. So um, it's, it's, not that mu it's not that difficult, to be honest. And um, that's all credit to Paul Keeve, who is the illusionist who designed them, and also, as I say, the amazing stage team we have, who every night makes sure rigorously that everything's running perfectly. Richard, you're new to New York. Uh, it's probably no secret that you have a very cute accent, as do I. Um, <laughs> and in England, you're known more for your work on TV as an actor and also as an artist. You've, he's actually toured with Elton John, which is very cool. Um, how are you enjoying New York? I'm loving it, yeah. I mean, up until recently, uh, really recently, as in like the last couple of weeks, uh, my experience was my flat and uh, the, the rehearsal room and the stage. So that wasn't too much different. But now, especially because we've had our days back, um, I've been venturing out and meeting people and this one's been looking after me and taking me around to different restaurants. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to know the place a bit more. Okay, great. Well, I think this is probably a good point to throw some questions out to the audience. Does um, anybody have any questions? Just creep your hand up. Oh, hi, I have a question. Um, did you all watch the movie much before doing the play or was that of any interest to you or was that just too much ancient history? I think we've all seen it, but we avoided it, right? Am I, am I yeah. speaking rightly for you? My guys? only, my closest experience with it was uh, the audition for me. It was a lot of text. It was like, there are three major scenes. Uh, and I knew the only way I could get off book is if I had someone in some way helping me. And it was too much to ask a friend. So I would pop the DVD in the house and I would like do chores and what and stuff around the house and I would get off book like to the movie, but I wasn't watching it, but I just like, so that was my last time dealing with it. Yeah, I watched it during the audition phase and then when I got the part, I, I decided to, to not look at it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should probably point out that the movie came out 22 years ago and I think at that time, you were probably being born. <laughs> uh, any other questions? Yes. Hey. Um, I'm British, so how different is it um, being over here on Broadway than what it is in the West End? 
Um, good question. I think the changes in terms of our show, um, the, the show itself has changed. Um, it's great that I have the continuity of, of Casey and also Divine came over for a, a short amount of time at the end of the run. So we have our own little group which has stayed the same and obviously the set's the same. Um, but in terms of the audience reaction to the show, it's, it's kind of, I think it hits a human chord as opposed to a cultural chord because the reactions have been the same, maybe slightly louder uh, over here. But um, it, has this, it resonates the same with the audiences. They still stand every night, which blows my mind, and um, they still cry, which is, and they still laugh at all the right places. Some references are um, found much funnier that I never realized, like the Puerto Rican reference and things. Yeah. That, that used to go for not as much, but now over here, it's obviously hits a chord. So the certain cultural things are different, but on the, on the most part, it's exactly the same. Hi, how are you? Uh, I just wondered if you each could speak to how you actually came into the role in terms of the audition process, where you asked to fill the role, um, how you guys actually came from an MFA program straight to Broadway. Oh, uh, so uh, with my situation, I, uh, a friend of mine, my roommate, had told me about the audition for an understudy for the part, uh, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. Um, because my whole plan was to go to LA. I was just gonna kick it here for a little bit and then go during uh, the Christmas time for pilot season. Uh, and so I couldn't sleep that night. It was just bothering me. Uh, and so I emailed my agent and I went in for a screening for uh, an understudy. And then a couple days later, I found out that I got an audition and I did the audition not even caring about it. I was up for some other movie, so I was like more focused on the movie. And I was like, whatever, uh, I sucked. And I got it. And so it just, it happened like that. Yeah. Should I go? Richard? Okay. I, um, I, I heard about the auditions just like anything else, and I went along. And um, at the time, there was another job, a little bit like you, uh, which I was really focusing on, which any actual tell you that during an audition process, that is the best gift you can have. To not care about a job is the greatest thing in the world um, because you're just much better. And, uh, and it kind of went on and on and on and I had quite a few different stages. And obviously, as I learned more about the project, i.e. Matthew and Glenn and Dave writing the music and this amazing creative team and stuff, um, I started to go, I really want this. Probably my auditions got worse and worse and worse in ratio. Um, but I, uh, yeah, and then I, I eventually kind of final audition and then I got the call to say I got the part. Um, and I was living in London at the time. I was doing hair over there. And I'd been away for about five and a half months and I was very eager to get back to New York. And um, they uh, sort of sent me this material and I think I auditioned the day before our last performance of hair and two days before my now husband and I were going on a six week backpacking trip through Europe. So I was really, again, like these two, my head wasn't really in the game. I was like, this with you song's beautiful, but I'm not gonna you know, put too much work in. I'm just gonna do this audition, close hair and start traveling. And I had one audition that went really well. And when we were in Croatia, I got a call saying, can you come back? And I did, and then I got the gig and I thought, oh, I guess I'm moving back to London for another year. So yeah. <laughs> Yep, we have a go. Hey, I just uh, I had a question about your relationship with the band. Uh, is there any moments when uh, the, you guys ever stretch out a scene or you communicate with the band in some way where I was just wondering if every how set everything was or if maybe there was some flexibility there and, and maybe you could just also talk about your general relationship with the musicians? Yeah. 
Yeah, um, on Broadway, for the most part, things are quite set um, because there are cues that are dependent on musical cues or the lines or you know the lighting or a scene change. But actually, with this kind of music, we have a lot of vamps written into uh, the score where we might need them. For instance, there's a, a song I'm going to be singing later on. There's a scene normally in the middle of the song with these two. And depending on how long the audience is laughing, and usually they're laughing quite a lot, we have to kind of vamp it and kind of we have a little lead-in, like a cue-in, um, but it is a bit sort of free there. Yeah. And there's, um, we also, we have monitor screens, which we look at our MD for, and he obviously will count us in, and um, there's certain moments in this, you know, there might be someone screaming in your ear, or there might be a sound effect going, and you need to hear the band, so you're focusing totally on the MD. Um, but obviously, MDs change, and just at the moment, in fact, our main MD, the brilliant David Holsenberg, has gone away for a week. So we have an equally brilliant, uh, step in MD, Andy, but it's new and so um, conductors have their own feels. So tempos change, e even if it's fractionally, but when you're doing something as regular as we do, you do notice those tiny little bits and um, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that. It can, it can alter the, the feel of the show sometimes when a really slow song feels slightly quicker or a quick song's slightly slower and stuff. And the band in general is unbelievable. We don't get to see them as much as we like um, because they're in the orchestra pit and we don't really have a green room in our theater, but uh, we try to bond when we can and we're all big fans of each other. I think we have time for a couple more questions. Yep. Um, with the popularity of the musical and um, you, know, you guys are nominated for Tonys and things like that, where do you see yourself in five years? Or where do you see your career going in five years from now? I mean, just that, that question in itself is, is, is so difficult to ever answer in, in probably any industry, but this more than, more than most. Because if you'd have asked me five years ago, um, did I think I'd be 4,000 miles away from home, sat in the Apple store singing songs by Glenn Barlow? Probably not. So it's life, you know, can take really amazing turns, i.e. today and then equally we have friends, really talented friends who are out of work and um, so there's no rhyme or reason for it. So I mean, personally, if in five years time I'm still working, that'd be great. <laughs> if I'm still as happy doing what I'm doing, then that's equally great and um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I would say the same thing. It's, this business is so cyclical, it's so tricky, it's up and down and I think it's so important that you take the ride for what it is and just be present and, and be in the moment and, and work hard and, and do what you do because you never know. But um, I like to do movies and, and TV as well and love to do an album. If it sounds so weird just even saying it out loud. But um, yeah, I mean, it's as much as possible, you know? I think the great thing about Broadway is it's a huge uh, catalyst and a booster because it gives you great exposure and then you're out there, especially in New York. And so through that, it's really endless possibilities either way, you know? So, yeah. So the show's really heavy and uh, really sad, especially at the end. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I was wondering, do you guys ever take that emotion off stage with you? And what's the best way of kind of getting out of that sadness? <laughs> We do have a go-to answer for this question, and it's usually martinis. But, um, but on, a, say, a night before a matinee day, that's not something we can do. So, I mean, you're right. It, it, we do, definitely, especially me and Casey, um, who go to some really dark places in this show. Um, it does, you know, it can, it can affect you, and you just you try everything to not let it. But um, there, can be, there can be days when, for no reason whatsoever, you walk home and 
are a little bit miserable. So um, yeah, it does happen. It does happen. But thankfully, you know, we have each other, and we have a great cast, and we have this one to make us laugh, and so it's it's all good. I also just really quickly, I really have to applaud these two because you have to understand that most musicals, it's not, you don't have that depth and that acting that's going on. And where these two go is, it's a, it's for me, it's like, this is a play where we sing amazing songs in, but it's like a play first, see, it's too much. But it's a, it, do you know what I mean? And they really, and I don't get it until <laughs> the very end, the very end for me when I'm in that space, in particular, when I have like my moment with her and I'm holding her and I'm feeling all this stuff that I'm like, damn, she's been feeling this the whole show. It's, it's unbelievable. So really, these two, it's quite, quite amazing, the journey that they take, because you don't see that most times on Broadway musicals. We've got a bonus question, so if there's one more question from you guys, put your hand up. Here we go. Um, I've been listening to the soundtrack for the London cast over and over again. Are they planning on doing a Broadway cast? Because I know that you guys have changed the show a little bit. We don't really know at this point. Um, there's always the hope, but um, we're, for now, we're just really grateful that we had preserved the London cast. Yeah, definitely. I think um, logistically, it's probably going to be difficult immediately because the creative team who are in charge of the album or would be in charge of the album are busy doing Matilda back in London and bringing it over here. So, um, so probably not anytime soon, but who knows, maybe. We'd like to do it, but yeah. we'll see. All right, I think it's time to hear some music. Um, and the first song we're going to hear is going to be sung by Casey Levy and Richard Fleischman. <laughs> Don't worry, you're here too. It is here right now, so give it up for those guys. I'm out of here. I'm making my 
Let me 